for so very long, it's been... Go on, George. Tell how it's gonna be. But in the end, the commission only said... We figured it 17 different ways. And every time we figured, it was no good. Because no matter how we figured it... But no matter how you figure it out, I still don't get as much as anybody else. Somebody don't like the way we figured it. So now... There's only one way to figure it, and that is every man for himself. When Black Friday comes, this is the end. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up. Mm-hmm. Looks okay. The world survives into another day. And the way forward goes through, as it must, The Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. A number of times I heard these guys' voices over and over and over. Still can't find it. Ah, can't find it? We can help. This here is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My client says it's 1240. Yeah. Plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at KEJOAM.com and on the KEJO app. It's the Joe Beaver Show. Good morning, everybody, from the Jack and Jenny Wilborn Media Room. Mike Parker, without John at the moment, because he is across the way, across Ralph Miller Lane in the basketball center on a basketball media day for the men's basketball program. And John is gathering a couple of interviews that we hope to share a little bit later as we await Jonathan Smith and... Sarah Elcano coming off the bye week. Jonathan will be here back in the routine of the schedule with the Monday press availability. That'll take place right around noon. We'll have it for you here on Joe Radio. And then any questions or comments along the way for Sarah, a session with Sarah Elcano coming up a little after Jonathan Smith's comments and taking questions from the assembled media here in the Jack and Jenny Wilborn media room. Mike Parker with uh, John Warren and T.J. Mathewson during the bye week. T.J. took a little time, headed back east to spend time with family and friends in the big city, the Big Apple. We'll get to that here in a moment and get a little bit of a thought from uh, T.J. and his experience that uh, he now is two to nothing ahead of me, maybe even more. I've never been to an NHL game. He went to a Rangers game against Nashville back there. We'll get his thoughts about that in a moment. And he's been to a Kraken game as well. I look forward to hearing a little bit of uh, the experience, the game presentation, what it's like to go to a game and the former key arena climate pledge, something or other now in downtown Seattle compared with going into the new garden, Madison Square Garden, not the old Madison Square Garden and legendary building inside of basketball scandals in the 50s. I don't know if a movie's ever been made of the point-shaving scandals that rocked the college basketball world in the 50s, but probably one either has been and it just came and went, or there should be one. I think there's some interesting material that could emerge on that front. I think we heard the voice of Barry Corbin, the actor in the open, coming down the stretch. I think that's who Barry Corbin is. It's always been 1240. It's 1240. This year's 1240. The guy at the end of... No Country for Old Men and the trailer visiting with Tommy Lee Jones, that actor. Very good. And 
Barry Corbin had another great role in a film, speaking of movies, yesterday, uh, Saw, Killers of the Flower Moon, powerful work, one of Scorsese's best ever, three and a half hours, but it doesn't feel like it. So movies are going big now, uh, from what I've been reading and hearing. We all are streamers and we watch our movies on demand, but the movie experience a little bit, it's, it's interesting how cycles and life keeps going through cycles. You can queue, queue up your uh, Eddie Arnold version of cycles. I can't remember the writer of that good song, Cycles. Frank Sinatra covered it. Many others have covered it. But life does keep going through cycles. So that when television began to emerge on the scene, movies went big with CinemaScope and big productions, epic productions to go big to try to lure you out of your home and back to the movie theaters instead of just staying at home and watching television all the time. And in an odd kind of way, in a golden age, people say, of streaming television, movies themselves, in kind of a return on a theme, are going big. So that Oppenheimer long and big and, and a, just a, an opulent production. Same with Killers of the Flower Moon. Three and a half hours worth every minute of it. A powerfully told, tragic, sad tale. It's, it's very well done, and I recommend it highly. And we saw a trailer going in for Napoleon with Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon, and it appears as though that, too, will be something that will be on a grand scale, and we look forward to that. But Barry Corbin's voice there, it's always been 1240, has another fine turn and role with a, a cast of tremendous actors, some cameos, Martin Scorsese himself with the final word of the film uh, in, in playing uh, the, the tale, this tragic tale of the Osage Nation and a radio drama that Lucky Strike put on <clears throat> in uh, 1950 thereabouts, Scorsese as a as a narrator, a character within the film. Spoiler alert, but believe me, uh, you could read the whole story, and I and I would recommend even uh, doing a little research into Killers of the Flower Moon and the background of the story before you go. I think it will enhance your experience. So anyway, that was part of what we did yesterday on a bye weekend. It was a it was a nice time to have a bye. I think for the Beaver football team. I just saw Jake Levengood walking by. He was walking well. I don't know what that means. We'll get an update from Coach Smith a little bit later at noon as to what uh, the bye did in terms of giving guys a chance to, to heal up, rest up, and revivify themselves for a five-game stretch, heading down the stretch with the Beavers in control of their destiny. Now, after this weekend, you know, Joel Klatt, I almost feel about this game, and as we have open phones and Paul's already on the line if anyone else would like to jump in before uh, we take a break, we'll take your calls now. 497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line, the same number, 541-497-5356. I feel a little bit about this game, the way Joel Klatt framed the UCLA game at Oregon State, just the way things have kind of developed. If you remember, going into UCLA, we talked a good deal about what Klatt said. And I like Joel. I think he's one of the better analysts, both in-game, pre-game, all the stuff that he does, all the platforms that he's on. I think Klatt is one of our best commentators on the national scene, a former Colorado quarterback. And he's been a guest on the Joe Beaver Show a couple of times. 
it's been difficult to try to land him given his profile now these days, but I'm hoping that perhaps ahead of the Colorado game we can. By the way, the Colorado game, if you hadn't heard, has been set for an 8 p.m. Folsom Field kickoff in Boulder. 8 p.m. in Boulder. It'll be a 7 o'clock Pacific time kick here. 7.30 in Tucson this uh, Saturday night. And Jonathan may talk a little bit more about some of the mechanics of of that in the late night and and just how the Beavers will handle the trip with back-to-back trips on the road coming first in Tucson, then in Boulder. Klatt said of UCLA coming to Oregon State, he talked about UCLA being two things, a sleeper for the Pac-12 title and a potential player as a dark horse sleeper type team for the college football playoff. But he had the major caveat with UCLA. He said, if, if they get by Oregon State in Corvallis, and he said, by the way, that's their toughest game left on their schedule. If they get by that, then look out at what they're capable of doing. But he did say a couple of different times and in different ways, if they get past the Beavers. And so for me, a little bit, I'm not saying that, oh, the Beavers' toughest game left is the one they have Saturday, so it's not a perfect analogy. But part of me does feel about this game in Tucson a little bit along the lines that Klatt was framing the UCLA at Oregon State game. If the Beavers are able to play good football, and they're going to need to play really good football against a team that's hot and confident, coming off a 38-point win in Pullman, and that alone, just by the comparative nature of things should give you cause for pause and concern. The team that the Beavers lost to in Pullman lost Arizona in Pullman by 38 points. Washington State losing to Arizona and then Arizona and the Beavers both with a bye. But it feels to me that if the Beavers beat Arizona, then you have four games left with still controlling your destiny and still alive for everything. (laughs) And then Boulder, and by the time Colorado, I think, will take another L at UCLA this weekend, I just, I think the Beavers will go and take care of business there. Then you're home to Stanford, you'll take care of business there. Then you have Washington and Oregon, and you have Washington here. So all of this to say Tucson looms large on if you take care of business there, as Joel Klatt tried to say about UCLA coming here. The the analogy isn't perfect, and it won't be perfect because UCLA didn't take care of business here, whereas I think the Beavers will in Tucson. John has arrived back from across Ralph Miller Lane over in the basketball center where a media day is going on. So, John, I'm not sure what you gathered, whether we'll be able to hear some of it. I asked TJ to be prepared to receive an email, and along the way today, as time permits, we'll try to share Uh, an interview or two from uh, the basketball media day going on across the way. And if we can't get to the material, all of it or any of it today, we'll certainly do so tomorrow and in the days ahead. But welcome back. Welcome into the Jack and Ginny Wilborn media room. Jonathan will be here at noon. Sarah Alcano in a session with her thereafter along the way this week. We'll do our usual thing in terms of trying to get some of the people involved in the game and the broadcast. We already had Michael Lev on last week from the Arizona Daily Star. Rod Gilmore will be on the call as the analyst this weekend. He's been a guest of ours before, and I hope to have uh, contact with Rod and see if he can join us on the show. 
Lauren Sisler, sideline reporter. I'm not sure I'm familiar with Lauren. And the play-by-play person on the ESPN broadcast this weekend is a gentleman by the name of Brian Custer. I say to you, Brian Custer, John, and you, oh, yeah, sure, Brian Custer. (laughs) Or do you say who? A la Nate the Gator. Uh, I would say off of memory, I would say who. But if if I see him, I probably go, okay, I've seen him. Okay. Okay. Now, did you see before we get to, in fact, let's get to Paul and then, because Paul called, and if he called before we even started talking about anything, he must have something burning uh, with apologies to Kenny Rogers in the first edition from over the weekend or something he wants to get in early. We hope to hear from uh, more of you as we go today, but I want to talk a little bit about game seven of all things in baseball tonight. Let's go to uh, Paul first, though, on the Joe Beaver Show. Good morning, Paul. Hey, good segue there. I want to talk about baseball, too, Mike. I went to both games this uh, on Saturday. And uh, I'll just give you the starting lineup for the second game. This is kind of interesting. Uh, Easton Talt was the leadoff hitter. Trotsky was batting second. And Tanner Smith, the only starter who uh, started, was in the second game. Of course, catching. And then Levi Jones was at third. Dallas Macias was in the outfield. Cannon Reader was center field. Gustafson, and he was the first baseman. And then Brandon Forrester played second. And Boyd, oh, I'm sorry, Boyd played first. Uh, Gustafson, gosh, I, I can't remember where he was at. But then a kid named Santana was the DH. <laughs> Interestingly enough, he pinch ran for uh, Mason Guerra three times in the first game. You know, they, they kind of threw out the rules. Guerra still played third, right? Mm-hmm. But got pinch ran for every time he got a hit. So, and then uh, also interestingly, uh, Levi Jones and Santana switched places halfway through the game. Levi Jones became the, the uh, DH and Santana played third. And they also did the same thing with uh, – uh, Trotsky and the second baseman, they swapped, and, and uh, uh, Brandon Forster went to short, and Trotsky went to second. Okay. So, yeah. Anything else, Paul? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I don't know if you broke up on me or, or just stopped, but, uh, yeah. I that... just stopped. Okay. But here's well, the, here's the yeah, pictures. Leaf, Leaf, Leaf Palmer, the the freshman out of Golden, Colorado, he started. He, he gave up one run and one hit. And then he was followed by Eric Segura, then Kellen Oaks, then Matthew Morrell, Kevin Montgomery, and then A.J. Hutchinson closed it out. So we saw a lot of pitchers, and, and our pitchers pitching really looked stellar. Paul, this is above and beyond the call uh, of, of love and duty. Uh, I'm trying to think. Was it Farron Young? Who had the big hit? I'll give you love. That's above and beyond the call of uh, of. Do you know that, uh, John? Never was that heard of Farron yeah. Young? Yeah, it was Farron. Was it Farron Young? The late Farron Young. Farron Young committed suicide, by the way. A sad That's story fair. for a great singer whose time passed him by. Anyway, you've gone above and beyond the call by providing a report that I didn't know you were, you took notes. Clearly you're not doing that off of memory. You wrote that down, Paul, and we appreciate that. Anything else on your notes that jumped out at you from, from what you saw, whether defense, power, you've mentioned the pitching, anything else in particular? 
defense was great. Uh, we we did not make any errors, um, and uh, power was great. Uh, what's uh, center fielder twelve? Uh, why can't I never think of his Michael, name? Michael McDowell. Michael, Michael McDowell. McDowell. Yeah. His first at bat, he hit a he hit a triple off the top of the center field fence. His second at nice. bat, he hit a home run over the center field fence. Ooh, and uh, Mason Burr, you want to ask something, Mike? What's that? Yeah, uh, Mason Burr hit a an, an opposite field home run just inside the right field foul pole, and then Brady Casper hit a a long home run over the right field fence, and that's where the home runs we hit in the first game. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Now, you said the first game, so are you prepared? to? Uh, we don't have time to go full bore with the same kind of report on the second game, but was there anything in particular that jumped at you about that? Well, the second game, you know, they played all nine innings, even the bottom of the ninth, even though we were ahead. So the uh, it was actually a save for A.J. Hutchison because the score was 5-2, to two. You know, mm-hmm. going into the top of the ninth, and then we scored five more runs in the bottom of the ninth. But, uh, uh, yeah, that was the save. So it looks like maybe they're grooming AJ for this closer role. Interesting, Paul. That's good stuff. How yeah. many other folks were there? Were there with you? And was the weather okay? Yeah, it was. It drizzled a little bit, uh, but not bad. There was between three and four hundred there, and nice. I actually sat in the Omaha room so I could do this without getting the paper wet. So <laughs> I was up in the in the dry. Well, you did Yeoman's life, by the way. Yeoman's work as a reporter, Paul. Thank you for that. Full. That's great. That's a tremendous summary. Of, I had a a memorial service that I attended up in Dallas over the weekend and was a Saturday and was not able to attend any of that baseball. But uh, I'm glad that you did and that you gave us a full report. And along the way today, if anybody else has uh, other observations, uh, thoughts, commentary about what they saw at Goss on Saturday, feel free to jump in. Paul, thank you so much. That's very thoughtful of you for that thorough report. We appreciate it. Hey, Mike, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, yes. For Sarah El Canto, I wish that, hey, John, can you ask her, whoever puts the ravish, the raving fans on the scoreboard and then goes to the play on the field to not wait so long to go to the play on the field because they go back to put it on the scoreboard and the play is, the, the ball is hiked like a half a second after they go back. I mean, they mm-hmm. need to give more time to the field mm-hmm. and less to the fans. We'll try to remember. I'll make a note of that right now, Paul. Since you were such a thorough note taker at Goss over the weekend, uh, I'll uh, try to bring that up to her and see again how much control can be exercised on that. Thanks for the call, Paul. Good to talk Thanks, to you. Thanks, Paul. So, game seven tonight between the Rangers and Astros. Before we break, we did got you fun. hear my musings this morning? I did not. I posed the question. I said, "I'm going to be really interested to see." Now, I'm not naive. Yeah. Football will win. But what does a average Monday night football game do? How much better than game seven? I'll say one word to that. Way. Really? Yeah, it'll do way better. I know it'll be It's a better. sad time we live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and the NFL's kingdom and sovereignty and reign knows no end. It's just the king of all things in the sporting world. What and if it was it, Yankees-Dodgers? Yankees-Dodgers would, would compete better than Rangers-Astros. Yankees-Red yeah. Sox... You know, any 
would, but football would still win. Yeah, sure. Head to head. Yeah, and I, I don't, I who's, said who's playing tonight? It's a uh, Texas and Houston game seven. No, no, <laughs> the Monday oh, night football. Niners game. and Vikings, but I think there's some injury, key injuries in that one. Oh, okay, but that <laughs> it'll it'll well outdraw the the baseball. Yeah, game. you know, but tonight's game seven does have any game sevens are compelling. My late father-in-law, rest his soul, a dear man, a great man. Th- this is the type of thing that I laughed at out loud during the Saturday Night Live skit with uh, Keenan Thompson as Dion a couple of weeks ago. Made yeah. me laugh. I mean, I laughed out loud at that. I, I don't see SNL very often anymore, and I didn't see this live, but I saw yeah. people just you know, sending it back out and saw it. And you can look it up anytime, and there it is. <laughs> Made me laugh out loud. Because I felt like the the Dion character played by Keenan was my father-in-law. I saw Dion Sanders, and he was my father-in-law. <laughs> I saw the movie Patton, and it was Vince Lombardi. Here, my father-in-law, when we'd get to postseason baseball, again, back in the day when everybody talked about it, Aunt Dorothy, Uncle Merville, Uncle Ray, and everybody saw it and watched it and cared. But, you know, he might pop up and say, yeah, who, who's playing in the series now this year, Mike? And I would say, well, eh, Looks like it's going to be the Phillies and Orioles uh, in 1983, I'd yeah. say to Bob. Uh, and he says, well, one thing you know for sure, it'll go seven games. They all do because the the, the fix is in. The TV yeah. networks need to, to have all the series go seven games. So I won't pay attention probably till we get to the seventh game. So you hear something like that and from a dear <laughs> loved one and a great man. And part of me wants to, you know, and I began like Colin in Saturday Night Live skit yeah. when Dion says something to the effect of name one team that's undefeated, you know, after <laughs> they had lost. And so Colin proceeded to yeah. reel off six well. or seven undefeated teams. And a little later in the skit, the character Keenan Thompson playing D- Dion. I can't think of a team that's lost fewer than three games, he says, after their third <laughs> loss. And Colin, the interlocutor and the host of the named about eight or nine, and, and Dion said, that's enough now, or whatever. <laughs> so Very when funny. I said to Uncle Bob, well, y- not always. Oh, yeah, they always go seven because the TV needs some. <laughs> well, I, then I just, I just went for it. Well, 1981, six games. 1986 games. 1979, seven. Yeah. 1978, Uncle B- uh, uh, Bob, six. 1977, six. 1976, four. 1975, seven. Uh, 1974, 5, 1973, 7, 72, 7, 71, 7. Also, you know, your theory is 75, 69, 5, 68, 7, 67, 7, 66, 4, 65, 7, 64, 7, 63, 4. So I'm trying to say to him, so you see, you see, Bob, they don't always all go 7, and he just they always go seven, be, no matter what I presented to him. It's a mind, no matter what I presented to it's him. It's a mindset. So what do you do in life when you do? You I mean, just you know that that's it's what it's a mindset of just. <laughs> they got yes, this idea. I understand you feel that way. Yeah, but and, I said but it's factually not. I correct. said, Bob, it's it's just a lot of them do go seven. But not everyone goes. Well, I mean, it's not unlike us saying that games are fixed. Yeah, and, this, and who do they are, want to win? Now the latest is that uh, the the refs are going to start um, picking off teams from uh, the the Pac-12, us and the Cougars, to make sure we don't rise to show that they. Oh, there's that theory yeah, out there now. Yeah. So look for Arizona to get the preponderance of uh-huh, calls. Uh huh. 
because and other it, it'll be a bad look for the nation and the world yeah. if the Beavers run the table. Yeah. Okay. Can you imagine? Now, John, before we break, and we will, tell me where you've picked that, that notion up. I can't tell you that. When you say you can't, meaning you won't? No, I can't. So that... So they, on what I feel like the C.S. Lewis, yeah, it feels kind of yeah. The surroundings are a little more wild. <laughs> what do you mean by wild? <laughs> so I'm asking you when my you say habits, can't. My habits are identical to yours. That is, you see it, okay? I'll look at that later. You see it, I'll look at that. And later. you don't. Look, I right. don't think it was an article. I think it was just a tweet. A so. tweet. Somebody joke. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I mean, even if it's twelve-year-old Bobby in his mom's basement saying that, mm -hmm. that one kind of makes you think that that there would be a reason for yeah. it. It doesn't mean. I mean, it doesn't matter who said it because if it was a scholared writer who said it, they don't know any more than Bobby in mom's basement. I hope that isn't true. No, they wouldn't know. No, no. one's going to know that. Well, no, and that's, that, and that's why. Yeah, and that's why I don't put a single tincture of stock in that. That notion. Every conspiracy theory has the ability for someone to say that's utterly ridiculous, or hmm, there might be <laughs> something you, there. Makes you think <laughs> a little bit like Diane Keaton and Sleeper as we go to break when they're trying to push a Volkswagen Bug over the cliff. And she says, do you ever stop and think that God spelled backwards is dog? D-O-G says to Woody Allen in a moment of profundity. Woody goes, yeah, and your point? She says, makes you think. <laughs> <laughs> you have given me a makes you think conspiracy theory idea along similar lines. Watch for, about that. Watch for bad calls. If man. I see a bad call, I'm going there, though. You've given me <laughs> fodder for it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Conspiracy is in. <laughs> We'll take a break. If you'd like to join us, we have open phones between now and noon. I want to find out what you found across Ralph Miller Lane at Basketball Media Day. If any of you'd like to join us either via the Downward Dog phone line or University Honda text line, did you ever deal with a recalcitrant in-law or uncle or aunt who no matter what you say, you know, every series goes seven. Well, it no, Bob, it, 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 they don't. And I'll show you. I can tell you off the top of my head. And then if you don't believe me, I'll show you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> every series goes seven, okay? 497-5356, <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Joe Radio. Have you heard? There's a new Ace Hardware in Corvallis, bringing you dedicated customer service and care that Ace Hardware is known for. They'd love to help you with all your home projects and repair needs. Corvallis Ace Hardware has everything you need with so many brands so close to home like Steel, Ego, Yeti, Gosney, Benjamin Moore, Big Green Egg, Weber, and more. Enjoy monthly savings and their best deals in-store at the new Corvallis Ace Hardware. See you at the Corvallis Ace Hardware store in the Timber Hill Shopping Center. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Call or stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany, Stutzman and Krupp Contractors. They do it right. CCB 96278. Here in the Mid-Willamette Valley, we're a people that work hard and play hard. So your home appliances have to be ready for anything. 
and the best place to buy quality appliances and experience top-rated service from the point of purchase to installation and during times of service is Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. Go to Kellenbergers.com for more information. Kellenberger's Appliance in Lebanon at 21 South Main Street, where you'll find professional, courteous, and knowledgeable people. Kubota LX Series tractors are the number one rated tractor brand for durability and owner experience in the United States and are the answer to having quality, comfort, and versatility. Kubota LX Series tractors are four-wheel drive and come with easy-to-operate three-range hydrostatic transmission. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. Tractor, we're still doing business the American way. Touchdown, Beavers! If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management. David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. It's Pat from Country Vitamins, and I'm inviting you to a party. Mark your calendar and join us Saturday, November 4th from 10 to 4 as we celebrate our 41st anniversary. We'll have discounts and samples plus chances to win prizes. We're very grateful for your continued patronage, and we'd like to thank you. We'll also have those delicious mini carrot cake cupcakes. And always, you'll continue to find premium quality supplements and knowledgeable staff at Country Vitamins, open Monday through Friday, 10 to 5, and located just west of 9th and Circle in Corvallis. Since 1982, that's 41 years, we're vitamins see you at the party build the dam Credit really these players have been bought in for a long time working at it uh, we got a great awesome culture in our locker room go beeves big hole to the 10 to the 5 and isaiah newell is in touchdown beavers oregon state upsets oregon join us saturday the beavers visit the arizona wildcats our coverage begins at 5 30 on the beaver sports network from learfield local coverage starts at 3 30 with the tailgate show right here on joe radio Now, 62, 7, 61, 5, 67, 59, 6, 58, 7, 57, 7, 56, 7, 55, 7. Michael. 54, 4. Michael, what matters is who are you talking to? If it's a person who's older and you don't, I mean, no, I know, you don't want to go, hey, dummy, it's this, 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 and that. I know, and I was gentle. I, yeah. I Believe me, yeah. but but hearing it one too many times, too many years, there was a night where I said, look, Bob, All right, I've been saying this anymore. to me for years now. Let me share something with you and went through that little right. reeling off. Right. Because, But but then after after all of it, he still says it. He then, still says it. Then you know. You, you just, it's no point. It's a mindset. There's no point. Right. And, and then my own, the great fissure in my own world occurs after 94. Because what I just gave you, I could give you the teams and the names and the numbers of who played in the World Series probably from 48 up to 93. Who played and how many games the series went. 94, no World Series. And my ability to maintain the continuity wow. of the information. 95 and on, there's a few series here and there I could get right, but not all of them. Whereas I was perfect up to 94. Well, I was laying in a hospital bed in 1996, and uh, no one was around, and I thought, I think I'm going to see how many uh, NCAA national champions I can mm-hmm. f- remember, and I could go back to 30, 31 years. And I hit them all? Uh, yeah, and That's I don't impressive. think I can do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Let's go to, we have Tumwater with uh, Jonathan coming at noon, Sarah Alcano thereafter. How was the bye weekend for you? Do you pull for the old veteran tonight, Max Scherzer, or Christian Javier and his disappearing fastball? I'm pulling for Bruce Bochy because he's good people. I like Bruce Bochy. So, and Dusty is too. So, and the visiting th- teams won all their games. That's an interesting factoid, yes. But whatever may be on your mind, and, and Alan Thayer, by the way, we hope will join us Thursday. That's a bit of a precursor to bringing in Tumwater. Dave, I don't know what's on your mind, but thanks for the call, and welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Well, good morning, gentlemen. Well, with a bye week, uh, just kind of a wide range, a few wide-ranging uh, reflections uh, uh, from the uh, games uh, this past Saturday. Uh, first of all, rarely have I seen a coaching job as proficient and thoughtful as Kyle Whittingham against SC down at the Coliseum. I mean, he completely outcoached Lincoln Riley, who is in a head-to-head competition, touch and go, as to who's the most, the least likable coach in the conference with Dan Lanning. Because uh, he's, he's immature, he's petulant, and extremely unlikable. Not that that matters ultimately, but it, as I, how many times have I called in through the years and said, I'm just bringing a fan's perspective to things. But Whittingham was a genius, and I'm glad that, that Utah won. SC will probably win one more game the rest of the year this coming week probably at Cal. Now, Dave, I Dave, want to, yes. you, you and I, you and I were on the same wavelength at the same time, because just after I was looking at, at Kyle on the sideline thinking, how old is this guy? You know, because I'm interested, he's doing such a great job and he's a great coach. So I looked up how old he is thinking he's not as old as I am as he, or he's not, he's like 63, something like that. And then I got your text about Winningham. So we were both on the same wavelength at the same time. Absolutely. And, and one of his keys to success, and i got to give Lincoln Riley credit here, too, the reason that game could have gone either way at the end was that they took the points of a field goal when it availed. Um, and, uh, and that's a lesson that the Arizona State coach failed to learn from Lanning when after that uh, atrocious pass interference call, which is mm-hmm. where I'm going next, he should have kicked the field. They probably win that game ten to three, uh, the way things were going. But the pick six completely upsets things. So, I I don't want to get too pointed about this, but do you? Uh, I'm having trouble verbal because I I don't want to get into a to a, 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 a heated contest among amongst friends. But guys, I just got to say, is it not clear? Is it not patently obvious that Fox, the network, wants a rematch of Oregon and Washington in Vegas? Would you both not agree or agree that's transparently obvious? I don't know if it's transparently obvious because I don't see enough of, uh, unless they're just flat out talking about it all the time and trying to prepare the way for it in a sense, Dave. But I think... I would agree that that's exactly what they want. Yeah. But I don't know in terms of, you know, how they're positioning themselves, whether they're saying it all the time. Are you saying, yeah, they're, they're kind of hinting at it all the time? All the time, yes. And is it not also transparently clear by this point? If not now, when would it be clearer that the conferences and people associated with them do what the networks bid them to do? 
do we really have to argue that point at this stage, given what's transpired the last year and a half, certainly the last two or three months? Anyway, I guess all I'm trying to say is not every conspiracy theory is fraudulent, is, is made. I mean, sometimes there's actually merit to a framing of the world that, 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 that is deeper than, than surface appearances. That, yes. That's all I'm saying. And, and I, I would just... Sorry, John? No, yeah, I, he I, said I, he agrees I, with you. I, with, I, I agree with that. But, I, I don't see, though, I don't, and I'm, trust me, it's not that I'm not looking or I'm denying you or anything, but I'm wondering more along the lines of what you're talking about because um, I don't see it, and usually I do because, you know, I'm kind of paranoid and looking into more than just the surface. Well, well, well let me, I won't cut it, so I'll stop dancing around the obvious. The referees gave that game to the University of Washington Saturday night, okay? Can I, is it possible to state it any clearer? And who has benefited by them doing so? Is it, isn't it patently obvious? Washington stays undefeated. They keep their high ranking. If Oregon wins out, the two of them meet again in Vegas uh, the first Friday in December, whenever it is. And well, I, I will just say... I, I think that goes hand-in-hand hand with what I read on Twitter from someone on conspiracy theory. Well, that's that, where I'm that, going, John. I'm yeah. a, I'm a, the, the, the fact that it's easy to say something is a conspiracy theory in and of itself does not mean that the people who are theorizing in a conspiratorial uh, mm -hmm. uh, framework are necessarily wrong. That's all I'm saying, God. Well, I think conspiracy theory is, it, is born out of trusting the people in charge whether it be your government your your school your t your your leaders and thinking no no they wouldn't they wouldn't cheat and do that would they and then it becomes a conspiracy when you start to say that the powers that be would cheat because we don't we don't our our society would collapse if, if everybody knew and thought that our leaders would would just sell us out under the rug, which in many ways they do. But if, if every single person in society thought that, there'd be mass chaos. Well, I'm not, not don't, don't put words in my mouth, John. I'm just, I'm just saying, is there not enough of a track record of perception and reality relative to the management of this conference to call into question the legitimacy of certain turns of events? That's all I'm saying. So, well, as I say, yes. it, it's easy to dismiss it. It's, it's conspiracy theories, conspiracy thinking. There's a reason people think this way, and sometimes those suspicions are, in fact, borne out by subsequent revelations. That's, that's, all, I, that's all I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I, I'm not going to disagree with that. There are, there are certain things that look funny, that, that are suspicious, and... And and I didn't see the end of the or the and when you say point blank and I and I, you know again if you if if you took if you took Arizona State fans out of it even Washington fans and just asked the great unwashed the neat fans of neither team per se and said you know why why did Washington end up winning this game or who who did it appear as though the officials were <laughs> favoring in terms of calls and close and controversial calls? Dave, are you saying that any objective viewer, anybody who could call themselves an, an objective viewer without a dog in the fight or a bet on the game or whatever else, would say, oh, man, clearly 
the Sun Devils were quote unquote screwed in Seattle. They, they, the officials clearly made call after call that hurt them, and that decided the game. That's you said the officials were the 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 major factor in why Washington won that game. Do you think any other objective viewer would agree with you? Yes, I think most objective viewer uh, viewers would agree with me, and no less a group than the Husky the Husky Hawks in the mm-hmm. post game show say. Washington does not win this game if that penalty flag sticks on the uh, pass interference on the, the preceding play before the pick six. So mm-hmm. you even have the most fervent possible Husky <laughs> rooters. Yes, you do. Dave Softy Mahler saying this, in, in some respects, we, we owe this victory to the fact that the, 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 the refs picked up uh, the flag. All I'm saying, I'm not saying the refs are in the tank. I'm, I'm just again. I'm just bringing a fan's perspective to the dialogue, and you guys have it. You guys, you know, for, you bring a media and uh, a perspective to things. And sometimes we share an outlook. Sometimes we don't. But when things happen consistently, uh, uh, I mean, did, did you like the discussion just a week ago? Wasn't that wasn't that wasn't there a lot of eyebrow raising regarding some of those penalties called in the UCLA game? two of them that we all have talked yeah. about. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll drop it. Uh, but I, I will say if something like what happened in Seattle uh, this past Saturday night happens in Corvallis on the 18th of November, <laughs> that'll, that'll mm-hmm. make the Evanson Bernard episode seem like child's play. I'll, I'll just, mm. I'll just leave it with that. I get back to my work and listen to the rest of the show. Okay. Thanks Dave. for giving me as much time. Okay. Thanks Dave for the call. The one thing that I do find interesting among many, uh, he, his calls are always provocative. John is that he does not group apparently does not group you and me with the fans. Yeah, you guys are the media and, and he's offering the fan perspective. So we are just, objective media observers when it comes to Oregon State stuff. <laughs> well, I've we're never, supposed to be. I've never fully considered myself that. So I guess he, he appears to be thinking that we don't rise to the softy Mahler threshold of honkdom, fandom, beaver honks. You know what I mean? Yeah. He thinks that we tend to bring a little bit more, quote-unquote, objectivity to what we do here than a lot of uh, fans do. I mean, you know, that, that's a good thing. I, I mean, I hope that's the case. Yeah. I, don't, I don't, but I feel like we're, we're, I mean, I feel like we are homers. We are. Certainly. And, and, but we also, and, you know, want to remain objective as possible so that we don't completely uh, blow our credibility. A shred of it, try yeah. to re- retain a shred or a tincture of yeah. credibility. And yeah. part yeah. of that is, is saying the Beavers are Oregon State rather than we. That's true. And saying that, as Jim Wilson does very well, and, and we try, if a call goes against the Beavers or a call and hurts the Beavers, well, mm-hmm. we say, well, that's a good call. I see. You know, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, or a great play. Yeah, or a tremendous catch. Somebody makes a great play on the other team and say, like, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. Like the Washington State receivers who reeled in every one-handed oh. catch and everything that they ever did against the Beavers, 19 of 20 in the first half, and now can't do anything. What's going on in the world? We caught them at the worst possible time in the history of humanity. Yeah, we did. Now, that's objective. Now, uh, let's go to uh, Dave on the Downward Dog phone line. Dave, good morning, and welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey guys, you know, Mike, anybody who calls you, uh, you know, non, uh, 
too too objective uh, or not objective, I guess, or you know maybe not uh, a honker, a beaver honker was mm-hmm. was was not at that triple overtime men's basketball game against Stanford. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure whether I, it's I promise, a compliment or not, but well, anyway, I think it is. I I promise I was there, and you're very passionate. <laughs> and, that is true. Uh, Thank you. And and uh, yeah, I I agree with Dave, but. My point is this: Where, where does the guy, the only guy that saw it, throws the flag, calls the penalty, it gets waved off by the guy who didn't see it because he was he had the defender between him. It, it, so when when the play's called, right, wh- why are they so quick to oh go pick it up? It, that mm-hmm. that's what's more appalling. And then when you when you watch the replay, you go, well, it's, it's pretty obvious. Like, how is that like, no, it really didn't happen. Let's pick it up. That, to me, yeah. is where yeah. you you feel that conspiracy. Look, if it if the right. flag's never been thrown, right. that's one thing. But how do we pick that one up? And and then we go back to last year when we played up there, and we mm-hmm. had Spotgate a couple times, right? Yes, um, yes. There was, there was at least one other game. Was, was it in Husky Stadium that they got the – you know, several years ago, the Pac-12 guy was, you know, in the stadium watching and said, no, that's not a, that's not a fumble mm-hmm. or whatever the case was. And so, so all these things happen around, you know, maybe we're just, you know, focusing on Husky Stadium. But I, I don't know that it's a big thing that, that they're trying to push the Pac-12 championship as it is the league sees Washington as their best option to get mm-hmm. a team to the CFP. And, yeah. and that's where the real money is, right? And so that's where I see it is the league the league wants to make sure we get a team there and, and get that money and get that, you know, extra spotlight. Um, I don't know that they're so wound up on the Paco Championship, although Washington has to get to the Paco Championship to get to the CFP. So um, my, my only other comment would be this. We can't leave that game – in, in the hands of a referee, we can't do it. And well, and I'll, I'll say this: yeah. it was two it was two plays later. If that pick six doesn't happen, then it, it they still had to make that play on the pick six, right? Two plays yeah. later. So yes, it was a, a terrible call. It would have been first and goal at the two yard line, whatever it is. But they still had to make that play, and it's unfortunate that it, that that happened because it, it likely doesn't, right? But they still made the play. You know, for me, going into this Washington game, no matter what our record is by then, you don't want to leave it to a referee in that kind of situation into the game. Yes, is, is where that I'm I at. will agree. That that yeah. I do agree with. Therefore, I probably have uh, hints of and within my own soul the very things that John. Yeah. I, I know I was a little dismissive earlier about. Whoever tweeted this oh. idea about, well, they don't want to work. It's a bad look if Oregon State runs the table and goes to the CFP and all of that, that the powers that be in the world would not really want to see that. Therefore, well, the therefore, how does that look? I don't know. But I will say that it, I agree. Dave, thank you for the call. I wouldn't want a final drive or a final big call if, here at Reeser when the Huskies come to town. Also Greg too. I would be a little nervous about if a flag comes out, what it's going to lead to in that type of scenario. Therefore, I must have some of those same things within my own heart. Let's go to Greg before we take a final break this hour. 
and then get to Jonathan Smith at noon. Greg, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, guys. Good talking to you again. I was an impartial observer of three top ten games on Saturday. Okay. And I saw three key calls that turned the momentum of the game to the favorite who was still in the top ten. So Texas had had Houston driving at the end of the fourth quarter. Houston was on like the seven, and it was a third and one. Obvious first down, they shorted him a half a yard, so they're now at fourth and one. Uh, the Houston coach is going berserk mm-hmm. on the sidelines, but they don't review the spot. And they're forced to go fourth and one. They come up short, whatever it is, and the game's over. Mm-hmm. Texas is preserved as a top-10 team for the Big 12. Okay. So hey, they Greg, can eventually Greg, meet Oklahoma. Yeah. Greg, I'm going to interrupt you because we're running short of time. So well, what sorry. are the other two? Go ahead. What are the uh, other the two? Other, the other one? The other one was Ohio State-Penn State. It was a holding call on the wide receiver, Harrison, crossing pattern. But on the very same play, it was a strip sack uh, pick, uh, skip and score by Penn State. Yeah. They called it back, but you don't see the flag until after the guy's in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Complete yeah. momentum change. And then the Washington game, of course, I think you dug probably for Arizona State, there were six consecutive deep shots that were obvious holds on the, on the DBs for yeah. Washington that they weren't called. And then yeah. the key one was the one that they didn't call, and then it becomes a pick six the other way. So... I think the mm-hmm. fix is in. I think there's some preservation going on from all of the top conferences, and the order's gone down to rest. The Beavers have to be up by 14. They have to be two-score winners. Interesting. We're controlling games, just like they did with Utah and UCLA, because they tried yeah. it on both of those games, too. Um, <laughs> hey, dramatic okay. PI calls. It's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, Greg, we got to go. I appreciate the call. All we right, need to take guys. a break. But that, the Greg is taking it to the Star Chamber. Yeah. Greg is just saying yeah. there's meetings and Who's the white hat in that? Uh, yeah. Okay. Hey, now, you know what, you know, you know how you kind of got to lean and you know, I mean, that, that what right. I just heard from this caller, Greg, right. Right. he thinks that goes on, that there are, there are orders either subtly or directly and sort of intimated or hinted from league offices and powers on high that say, if you have a close call, make sure it goes to the team that gives us a chance to get to the CFP. I just have a hard time accepting and believing if that. If you see it, you want to think maybe, but. It's really hard to go to that level and and proclaim that. Yeah, and then also too to watch though, as Greg has pointed out, those three. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, well, so, what do your eyes tell you? I don't know. Well, let's break and we'll wrap up hour number one. Jonathan Smith coming on the Joe Beaver Show on Joe Radio. Need a passport or visa picture for any foreign country, including Canada? Wise Photo Printing can help. Need to transfer an old video or film to a digital format? Wise Photo Printing can help. Looking to restore or manipulate an image, or do you need a high-resolution scan of a print negative or a slide? Wise Photo Printing can help. They have a self-service kiosk, too. Wise Photo Printing, 6th and Adams next to Ball Studios in downtown Corvallis, helping you get it done. Open Tuesday through Friday from 10 until 6. Kubota LX Series tractors are the number one rated tractor brand for durability and owner experience in the United States and are the answer to having quality, comfort, and versatility. Kubota LX Series tractors are four-wheel drive and come with easy-to-operate three-range hydrostatic transmission. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information we're still doing business the american way touchdown beaver if you're ready to tackle your financial game plan it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at tax and wealth management 
David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. It's Pat from Country Vitamins, and I'm inviting you to a party. Mark your calendar and join us Saturday, November 4th from 10 to 4 as we celebrate our 41st anniversary. We'll have discounts and samples plus chances to win prizes. We're very grateful for your continued patronage, and we'd like to thank you. We'll also have those delicious mini carrot cake cupcakes. And always, you'll continue to find premium quality supplements and knowledgeable staff at Country Vitamins, open Monday through Friday, 10 to 5, and located just west of 9th and Circle in Corvallis. Since 1982, that's 41 years, we're Country Vitamins. See you at the party. Have you heard? There's a new Ace Hardware in Corvallis, bringing you dedicated customer service and care that Ace Hardware is known for. They'd love to help you with all your home projects and repair needs. Corvallis Ace Hardware has everything you need with so many brands so close to home like Steel, Ego, Yeti, Gosney, Benjamin Moore, Big Green Egg, Weber, and more. Enjoy monthly savings and their best deals in-store at the new Corvallis Ace Hardware. See you at the Corvallis Ace Hardware store in the Timber Hill Shopping Center. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Callers stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. K-E-J-O. All right, so we've got Jonathan Smith coming up. I, uh, Michael, had Dexter Acano and who else? Wayne Tinkle. So we've got a couple of uh, basketball interviews on this media day today that we can do. Um, while you talk, I'm going to plug this in. Yeah, and by the way, Jonathan uh, is coming up shortly for his Monday availability. This uh, from Dave, from Dave, from not Paul. Paul gave us the full baseball report. Greg said he watched three top ten games over the weekend and was becoming a little squeamish about the nature of the calls. The one thing that we all seem over the years to accept, yeah. and I've heard it from every coach and every program here through the years, you're not going to get that call if you're if you're the sort of underdog team the better team gets the preponderance of calls yeah. the, the higher ranked yeah. team the you know i remember the jay john's doctrine with dave libby i like dave libby why do you like dave libby coach john because he's not afraid of loot <laughs> he won't let loot intimidate him yeah. there could be that and he uh, and, and and so that's that's a different angle, a variation right, on the theme. Right, that Can, the great team and the great coach is going to get the weight of calls just because of their reputation and right. who they are. Coach intimidation is a slight variance yeah. from from all out, you know, an order from on high that you have to snap and have two keys open. It. Right, let's <laughs> say throw a flag late if Washington needs help. Right, but again, I, Greg and and yeah. and Dave, they're. No, I, they They're may not, not be utterly fully wrong, right? But what I'm curious to know is it again just sort of a human nature understanding of things, as opposed to just a direct parallax view. 
Parallax View, an interesting conspiracy film. <laughs> it really takes it to the high-level film. If, if we, the Space Needle in Seattle and all these people in a star chamber type thing. Right. Okay, getting on the phone. If that Here's ever, what we do. If that ever happened and we found out about it, I think 90% <laughs> of people would just say I'm done with sports. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm so, done with sports. So then, I, again, I, we probably should get, if any of you who who really have some deep thoughts, who is the, speaking of SNL, is it Handy, Stuart Handy? Who, who's the the deep thoughts with so-and-so? Oh, um, What's um, the name of that um, SNL Handy, character? Something Stuart Handy. Handy? Anyway. Dave Handy, yeah. Now. Deep thoughts. <laughs> so, <laughs> what what we would be Dave interested Handy. in knowing is, from some great. of you who have deep thoughts about this, <laughs> I love that. Maybe you put, you know, fingers, thumb to keyboard or whatever else, and send us how you think it works, or talk to Jonathan and Sarah. And by the way, we've got a caller, which we'll get to while we wait for Jonathan and Jack. We'll just tell tell Jack up front as soon as Jonathan walks yeah, in. Well, oh, oh, Jack Handy. <laughs> That doesn't okay. Jack Handy is right. the name of the deep thoughts right. with Jack Handy. TJ right. came into our ear and said, "Jack." <laughs> it was too long after he, what we were talking were, about. Yeah, so we Stuart Handy and, and Stuart Hamblin and this old house. And was, okay, Jack. Jack's not on the line. Jack Handy with deep <laughs> yeah, thoughts. Thank you a, though for supplying it, the need. It DJ, was a great filling. Yeah, but if you have deep thoughts about it. Maybe when we have more open phone opportunity, I'd be interested to know how you think it works. I think a book could be written on the topic alone of at what point does a society give in to conspiracy theory and say, this is true, this has happened, we want answers. Because, you know, in in all walks of life, these things happen. Generally, when there's control, when there's a body mm-hmm. that controls other people or what other people can or can't do, or in this case, controls what an outcome may be for a sporting event. Um, it's just, you know, at some point when every single thing points to it being that way, we still we rock right up to the line. And and in, unless you want to just be ripped for being a crazy nut job, mm-hmm. you walk right up to that door and nobody opens the door because they know that that even if you're right, 100 mm-hmm. percent right, and it proves to be true. There's enough people on the other side that will bombard you and kill you and say, no, you're Mock wrong, you're you an idiot, and, and, yeah. and cancel you. Right. Okay. So, you know, as I learned when I was you know, 22, 23 years of age, and we see an example of it again tonight, every baseball postseason goes seven games. <laughs> we have a Rangers-Astros game tonight that proves it. Game seven. There it is. Again, they all go seven. They anyway, but that's my, that's my father-in-law's idea, though, which he... <laughs> It's because he, he was buying into this idea. There's so much money at stake here, right. and the networks want another game, so therefore calls and all these things will go in the direction yeah. of yeah, and that, that leading what, to a game seven. What he was saying is joined by a lot of people. I know. And it's as old of a conspiracy as TV is. And that it, well, the quiz show. They want. They yeah. want. No, and, I know. And it, yeah. I mean, quiz show, it happened. But again... Whether it be politics, voting, uh, sports, outcomes, outcome of a particular game, everything could be true. Everything could point to being true. And there's enough people on the other side who are delusional, but they'll bombard you and ruin your reputation if you open that door. So I have not. It's been a long time. I remember liking it. 
Dave Cowens, Mel Gibson, yours truly. Mel Gibson as a character in a film, I think, with Julia, <laughs> Julia Roberts. Have you seen the movie Conspiracy Theory with Mel as a cab driver and every passenger that gets into his cab about all the conspiracies going on in the world? Yeah, but I think I've forgotten. So have I. But these calls today <laughs> make me want to watch it again. And great. I kind of liked it, actually. I mean, three games, and he's not wrong. I, so, I didn't see the Texas situation. So I, I am curious, though, if you want to text us on the University Honda text line, those of you, Greg, and Greg, feel free. Greg's a good friend to the show through the years, mm -hmm. and I've known Greg and his family for a long time. So, Greg, if you want to, we, we will take a University Honda text line, deep thought type Jack Handy, Jack, Jack Handy thought about how it works. Or it's not so much that there is a structure, an infrastructure, an actual, here's how, and the chain of command is, I pick up the phone, I call you, you call your supervisor yeah. officials. That supervisor officials calls each white hat crew at the beginning of the weekend. Now you've got Oregon State at Arizona. Oregon State's making everybody feel a little uncomfortable by winning all these games. So if you can kind of help get uh, derail that so college football isn't embarrassed and our network's for leaving them behind. So, you know, that just know that going into the game. We're not telling you how to call it, but just make sure you understand kind right. of what's at stake right. here. That's the intimation so that there's not so much a direct, if you see pass interference late in the game against uh, Arizona, don't call it. I mean, nobody's saying that directly no, no, unless no, you believe they are saying it directly. You don't think anybody is saying sweep the leg. Right. I don't. They're just Do saying. You, there's even no. the deepest, most art. But no. is there. So I'm, I'm curious to know how it works. I. It's a tough one. That's why I think you can write a book on it. Mankind. Uh, what what people think as a group. Right. Group think. Right. Uh, the fear of, of, of admitting to something that a bigger group, albeit wrong. The fear of ostracism and, yeah, right. and being mocked. Right, and, because mm -hmm. you could say something you absolutely know is true. Now, when it comes to your own ethics, your own morals, I've always brought my kids up to don't give in on anything. Never. I told them this when they were kids. Mm -hmm. Never let anyone try to convince you that something's right when you know it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's for life, not just not sports. But at the same time, it's really hard to raise up your voice and say, you are cheating. That is cheating because mm -hmm. a whole bunch of people are going to say, you're nuts, you're nuts. Mm -hmm. Even though, and here's the other problem. Someone who does say that and then they, years later, it comes out that that person was right. They never get the true. Yes. Uh, the sense of exoneration. Exoneration or, yeah. that, they, that they deserve. Yeah. And even if they did, it's like, eh, that's, that's old news. I know that. You know, our own Pat Casey has always felt that Brian Meehan, the late columnist, should have been exonerated for a viewpoint he expressed that he was derided for expressing it. I'm just going to leave it at that. If you want to research Meehan and his columns late in his career, feel free. But but I remember Pat feeling bad that Brian got kind of he went out there a little bit and said that a certain thing had occurred mm. and the people that supposedly made the overture, denied it vehemently. Wow, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it wasn't ridiculous is what I'm saying. So there are things, and Brian, rest his soul, I, you know, I'm sure he's not too concerned whatever his state of being is now about right. whether or not he got exonerated well, for that particular is. column. But, yes, 
and and you would want that reputation if yeah. it was hit yeah. in any way people mocked him for ah that's it. yeah 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 that if there is some some way of, of and making who, who that was right. that nba official that that got busted for for doing the bad stuff i mean think of all those games that someone might have said he he's cheating i know he's yeah, cheating. yeah donahue i can't remember donahue, his first donahue. name donahue uh yes and you know i'm sure there were people who coaches players going that that's great he, he is cheating he's absolutely cheating oh no that's mm -hmm. conspiracy and then you find out it's true right. well they don't get exonerated <laughs> so we are awaiting Jonathan Smith. He'll be up here shortly, and then it's a little low. Thank you, Sandy. Sandy also texted in Jack Handy with respect to deep thoughts. But those of you who have deep thoughts about these matters, and they are pretty deep, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty big subject matter. If you want to share some thoughts via the text line, feel free. The most important share of thoughts has walked into the room and Coach Smith will join us. We'll talk to Sarah Alcano afterwards. Jonathan Smith and his weekly media availability. Uh, a bye week here. I think guys, uh, we wanted to get them a, a little bit of a deep breath. And so we practiced just a couple of times. Did go uh, practice last night. Thought the energy was good and headed for the final stretch here of the season. Huge games coming up. Uh, obviously starting on the road against a really good opponent. Got a bunch of respect. I say that a lot, but I, you know, I just look at the job Coach Fish has done over his, you know, I think he's in year three. Uh, you can just see a team that continues to improve. One of the hotter teams, I think, in our league right now, coming off uh, playing some really good football. So it's going to be a, a serious challenge. Been coaching in this league a long time. Traveling down to Arizona is tough. It's going to be a big-time atmosphere. Um, so I know our guys will be excited, but they'll have to play with some great focus. and going to have to play really well uh, against this football team, and we're definitely looking forward to the opportunity. Um, with the week to look at things, what what did you see? What are you seeing from the run defense that's not quite right? Yeah, we got to definitely improve there. Um, it was awesome to take the opportunity of kind of watching now seven games, I guess. Um, and there's a, a few things we got to be in the right gap. You know, sometimes we're jumping out of a gap. Sometimes trying to make a play. Uh, that's happened too many times. We got to tackle better. And again, we're playing against some good good backs, quarterbacks that can extend the. Uh, the run, they're not easy to tackle, but we got to tackle better and, and stay in our gap. The, the tackling part of that, how do you how do you work on that when you not you can't really spend a lot of time live tackling in practice this time? Of year? Yep, that you're you're right. I mean, this thing you're not going out there and just going to play live to get it better. Um, there's drills, there's techniques. These guys have done it before. We got to do better of going lower on the ball carrier. These guys are good, so. You go high on a tackle, that's going to be tough to bring a guy down, or at least he's going to be falling forward. So we try to emphasize that in regards to the posture. When we practice, we come up on a ball carrier. No, we're not going to tackle him to the ground, but we want to get in a better posture, try to get that muscle memory going. Uh, a few personnel. Uh, Ryan Cooper, where's he at? Yep, uh, he's back and forth. We'll see how he looks toward the end of the week. Um, but he's been dealing with something that has not gotten totally right. He played really well you know, last time we were out but uh we'll know at the end of the week with 11 good should be uh, practiced yesterday we're we're pretty optimistic he'll play um it looked like alton julian played a little bit at inside linebacker was that an emergency thing or or is that something you're kind of looking at? Uh, we're looking at it a little bit it's kind of like a dime package getting another athlete on the field we have been uh, banged up uh at the inside backer position and so it's allows to get him on the field and he's been working it's a different position than safety so there's some learning curve there but 
Um, he's a really smart uh, player. And then one other, I keep getting asked about Kelsey Howard. Is he is he just a freshman that's not quite ready to go yet, or is there something more? Uh, excited about him, practicing really hard. He's got some older guys that have done it uh, in front of him, um, so he's making great contributions at, at practice, but currently not in the in the rotation. Coach, a tale of two stories for you guys this season. At home, you guys have been pretty much nigh unbeatable, about 11 points per game, about 285 yards. On the road, though, 31 points allowed on average, over 400 yards. What's been different for you guys defensively when it comes to playing at home and playing on the road, especially with another tough matchup here this weekend? Yeah, I don't know if I can put my finger right on it. I, You know, the run defense definitely showed up against Cal. Um, some explosive plays. Uh, you know, the two road games I'm thinking about, Cal and, and Washington State. Washington State played lights out. Give them some credit there. They made some plays in both the pass game and the run game. So, um, look, I, we're confident in the defense. We understand that week in and week out, these opponents we're playing are good, and we're going to have to tighten up some details. You know, how, how hard is it for you guys to prepare for, again, another situation where you may have to prepare for two different quarterbacks? You've kinda, it's kind of been a thing for you guys this season, but this time around, the backup quarterback for Arizona, he's been playing lights out. How do you get prepared for either one this weekend? Yeah, I think they've got similar skill sets. They can, you know, accurate, know that scheme inside and out. Both of them are really competitive. You can see it not just when they're in the pocket, they leave the pocket. Really good offense in general. Um, there's no question in this league, they've got a couple of quarterbacks they can win games with, and Noah coming in the last, last few has shown that. What have you seen from Arizona's game plan that you guys can think that you can take advantage of, especially since it seems like they're kind of starting to figure out their own scheme and their own kind of culture right now in that system? Yeah, they made a huge jump defensively this year. This is one of the better defenses statistically um, in the league. Um, sound, uh, make you earn it. Uh, they can gotten bigger, stronger at the defensive front and then coverage recognition. They do a good job of the disguise. So that that's something that's going to be a challenge uh, offensively. Coach Fish knows what he's doing on offense. They got a couple big time playmakers on the outside, play more than one back similar to us. And so they've got they've got weapons and it's a balanced offense. I know you said that you guys practiced last night. When you guys have these nighttime games, do you guys change the times of practice at all to try and get your players kind of ready for a later time game and, you know, try to get their bodies, you know, ready for a seven o'clock. Right. Game. We don't just because we, you know, we find out these kick times two weeks in advance, get a set of schedules so these guys can go to class at the same time. So we've been same schedule for, for a while. The only thing I, I guess we do tweak depending on kickoff time, the day of the game, how we approach and what we do uh, the morning of, we'll do something when we're kicking off later. For um, Arizona to go up on the Palouse and take care of business by 38. Pretty impressive. What really impressed you with their performance? And is it just that this Pac-12 is so deep and there's so many teams that can play well? Yeah, I think it's the, the conference in, in general. So deep, so many of these games, you don't you don't exactly know how it's going to play out. They, they played really well up there um, in, in that one particular, both sides of the ball, offensively, you know, moving and scoring defensively shutting down what I think is a really potent offense. And so each week's going to be new. I mean, we had a buy. I was able to see some of these games this last Saturday. You don't know how exactly how these games are play out. You got to, you got to play well to earn a win. One other thing could you talk a little bit about the performance of Fawaga on the offensive line and, and how important his, he is on that line. Yeah, he's been, he's been really solid. Uh, even starting, not just on the field, you talk about his leadership, the influence he has on his team's work ethic. Um, he's a voice in that locker room. Really talented player, can make it physical, but he's athletic for how big he is, knows the call. And he's got some guys next to him playing playing well, too. I mean, that front uh, has been a huge part of our success this year. Coach, um, you touched on it just a second ago about watching games. How much football did you watch besides film? 
Yeah, I saw some on, on TV. You got to get on the road a little recruiting, saw some high school games too. So you're always checking it out. I enjoy it. I can't get the coach out of my mind when I'm watching it. I'm going to sit there as a fan. But uh, it's just it was just another example. Again, these games are so competitive week in and week out. You never exactly know. Uh, it's impressive to see the type of skill and playmaking across this. This league mostly is what I watch, but even across the country, college football, it's a great thing. Uh, you mentioned that you guys had a couple practices during the bye week. Was there anything specific or any specific areas that you guys worked on, you know, improving in this bye? Yeah, they had a couple of things on each side of the ball that we want to emphasize and try to tighten up. We talked a little bit about on the defense side, offensively, some mechanics and our procedure we wanted to tighten up. We definitely got uh, a lot of younger guys or guys that haven't played as much. We want to continue that development. So we got them a lot of reps, especially on Wednesday, to let them, uh, you know, play our schemes, not just being, you know, the scout teamer that only runs schemes of the opponent. You talked about Arizona in your opening statement, practically one of the hottest teams in the conference, probably next to you guys. How do you, or what is your message to the team about not sort of buying into that hype or listening to that outside noise? Well, yeah, again, you take a bye week and there's continued conversation. We want to be focused on the task at hand. We're, it's really about getting back to our timing. You, you take a week off, you know, you got to get back to going full speed because this will be a challenging uh, atmosphere opponent that uh, we're going to need to play well. Aiden has played the last several games. Is there any reason why he wouldn't play in any of these last five? Not not currently. Again, we've kind of liked the rhythm of him getting a taste of this thing. He's played well when he's gotten in. Um, really appreciate the way like DJ continues to help him, and they prepare together throughout the week, and so I don't, don't see that changing. This will be the fourth straight week. I'm assuming they're going to start the – freshman the true the redshirt freshman be the fourth straight weeks you've played a, either a freshman or true freshman quarterback hmm. are are freshmen just more ready these days because of the seven on seven the the private coaches or is some of that the, the portal that you know guys have the coaches have some urgency to get these guys on the field because yeah they don't know. So. I, I do think these the quarterbacks in this day and age are more and more developed, more reps, seven on seven coming out of high school. I do think the and I don't know this for certain all four guys, but the early entry, you guys arrive in January, you get a free, you know, six months before they truly start their freshman year. I think that compounds with guys being more ready. Um, yeah, the, the portal's out there, but at least on my end, I think coaches are going to play whoever's best, give them the best chance to win, and it's just turned out to be in the younger guys. I mean, you, you played as a redshirt freshman. Did you did you do you feel like these guys are more ready today than you might have been? Well, for me, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes, more ready than I was. And again, I go back to how many they can do this thing year round now, seven on seven, and all those reps count in the development of, on a quarterback. Coach, how did uh, Tanner Miller grade out going that whole game the other day? Yeah, Tanner's been awesome. I mean, he, he played really well. The, the ability for him to play at a high level at two positions, especially the center thing, it's different when you're snapping and making the calls. So. Um, he's been a huge piece of that of that front this year. You mentioned uh, how well they're playing Arizona on both sides. You have some background with Johnny Nansen, right? You were with him at Idaho, yeah. kind of young in his career. What did you see kind of coming up from him early in his coaching? Yeah, really good coach, um, energy uh, motivator, uh, competitive. And then you look at that defense and where they're playing, it shows a lot of his personality out there. He's been a lot of places around a lot of good coaches, and now he's putting it all together. What is what's clicked with Jack Belling the last several weeks? Yeah, I, you know, 
he's a good player. I don't know if there's just one thing. I just think about the touchdowns he's caught. And some of that was, you know, cover two recognition quarterback. He's running a good vertical. Some of that's been on the goal line where, yeah, bigger, bigger frame to catch the ball. Uh, he's, but he's playing at a, a really high level and he's a huge threat. Jack and, and Anthony Gould and Silas have kind of established themselves as the sort of the go-to receivers. As we go these last five games, is there a, a fourth guy that's on the verge of maybe maybe not joining that group, but really becoming a you know guy that could take advantage of some of these situations? Yeah, you know what? We're confident with some of the others. I mean, Irish has made some plays for us um, as well. Um, again, those three you mentioned are, are playing at a high level. The amount of the opportunities, right? Just looking at how many times we're going to throw it versus hand it to what I think are two really good backs. You know, we're not going to just try to continue to get four to five to six. Guys need to make a play if they're called on. Um, but if some three guys are hot, we're going to keep trying to go to them. As the as you guys keep winning games, the the drumbeat of the CFP is going to get louder and louder. Do you, I mean, is this a situation where you don't really talk to the team much about that that they know, or do you have to? Every once in a while, remind them to you know, focus on what's going on. Yeah, because I mean they're they're going to hear about it. Oh yeah, they, there's no question. And we're not trying to dodge. We want some energy and excitement about what we're doing. But ultimately, just like we're mentioning each week, you never know how these games are going to go. And so, the only thing we got to control is how we're going to prepare in this process, like this week, because uh, we know the challenge in front of us, and we want to play meaningful games at the end of the year. And the only way you're going to do that is if you're taking business, taking care of business right now. I don't know if it was even mentioned after the UCLA game, but obviously you guys have already clinched um, a bowl berth. Um, but it seems like that was such an afterthought from you guys. I didn't even hear one of the players mention it or anything like that. What does that say about the team as a whole and just the culture that you're building? Now? Yeah, I mean, going to a bowl postseason, that's a, we want to do that. And so that's an achievement, I think, um, where we've got the, the locker room currently. They, they want the ending each week. Um, just raise our level of player the play. There's more out there for us. Um, so it, it wasn't the primary goal to get to six. The decision to play Childs in game number five in this new age of NIL, portal, coming and going, all that, how much more difficult was that a decision than it would have been in the old days? Yeah, that, that didn't play a ton. I mean, it just got into he's contributing. Uh, he's a good player. Um, he liked the idea of how, how it's going. We definitely continue to talk to him each week. And so uh, it's been successful. We like him in the game. And so we were going to keep on doing it if he was all about it. And he was. Coach, you guys were ranked off the 11th in the nation this past week in the AP coaches poll. What does it mean to you to see the work and the culture that you've been building here in this program coming to fruition and being recognized across the nation? You guys were having success here in Corvallis. Um, yeah, I would, we want to, you know, recognition is great, uh, but ultimately winning is great. And so that's what we're trying to do. Um, that's why I go back to, you know, the, the respect I got for Arizona and how they're building the thing. And just as a coach, just into seeing improvement and Arizona's continued to do it. I think we've done it now for a few years and we want to continue to go higher and higher. Do you think it's more rewarding though, you know, seeing it built over years to come instead of having immediate success like some coaches do and then kind of falter off? I'm just, yeah. what's your personal take on yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I'm into doing hard things. Um, I think there's some genuine fulfillment that, that takes place if it's really hard and you can just keep plugging away at it. Um, but we're not trying to be patient for success at the same time. One final question for you. The red zone efficiency for you guys, you guys, I think, are a perfect 25 out of 25. You're one of, I think, three teams left that have had a 100% success rate in the red zone. 
What do you attribute to that sex success to this season in the red zone? I think it's helped, you know, the run game because, you know, the, the field shrinks. And so you got to make it physical. And we've got a, a run game attack that has really helped us down there. I will say this last game, we kicked a couple field goals um, that we're not always into down there in the red zone. Atticus is having a nice year on that. We've got a bunch of confidence in him. So the run game helps. I do think that the aggression on fourth downs helped a couple of those drives to turn them into touchdowns. Um, and you you got to be able to score in this league. So that's been a great stat. All right, here we go. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Break it down with Sarah. Questions with Sarah and things that Coach said. There was one question I wanted to ask, and I was too scared to ask it. And I'll tell you, Doc. When we come back from the break on 1240 Joe Radio. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the glass man. Do you need to repair or replace your windshield? Do you have questions? Stop by or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541 541- 760 Call the Glass Man. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis, and they represent numerous insurance companies. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see Mike Eaves, Taylor Starr, Tom Worth, or Chad Sherwood. They'll help you find an insurance plan that works best for you. Call or stop by at 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. Unified Insurance Group, your hometown team, always putting you first. Free guac? Not just any guacamole. Qdoba's guac is made fresh every day with avocados from Mexico and grown with love. Free queso? Not just any queso, but Qdoba's mouth-watering three cheese queso. Qdoba doesn't shy away from guac and queso. Add guac and queso to any entree free all day, every day. Qdoba Mexican Eats, making the world a flavorful place without charging extra. Futon Man isn't just about futons anymore. In addition to futons, futon frames, and covers, Futon Man now also carries platform beds, bunk beds, and can even make custom mattresses for your RV. So if you're expecting out-of-town guests and you're not sure where they're going to sleep, you could add on a bedroom to the house. Or an easier solution would be to stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99 or online at futon-man.com. Equipped from front to rear with industry-leading, easy-to-use features, Kubota B-Series tractors are the total package. With high horsepower and excellent durability and implements that easily attach and detach, Kubota B-Series tractors can do anything in any season. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. We're still doing business the American way. Touchdown, Beavers! If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. Have you heard? There's a new Ace Hardware in Corvallis. 
bringing you dedicated customer service and care that Ace Hardware is known for. They'd love to help you with all your home projects and repair needs. Corvallis Ace Hardware has everything you need with so many brands so close to home like Steel, Ego, Yeti, Gosney, Benjamin Moore, Big Green Egg, Weber, and more. Enjoy monthly savings and their best deals in-store at the new Corvallis Ace Hardware. See you at the Corvallis Ace Hardware store in the Timber Hill Shopping Center. Happy October from Peoria Road Farm Market, now with Jana Gold, Fuji, Honeycrisp, and more apple varieties in stock. Also find pears, peppers, hazelnuts, and more seasonal produce. Celebrate the season with fall decor, winter squash, and pumpkins. Peoria Road Farm Market also has hay rides to the pumpkin patch on weekends. Great fun for the family. For fresh local produce and fall decor, stop by Peoria Road Farm Market in Corvallis off Highway 34. Follow the Peoria Road Farm Market Facebook page for updates. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. This is Oregon State wide receiver Anthony Gould, and you are listening to the home of the Beavers on 1240 Joe Radio. We continue from the Jack and Jenny Wilborn Media Room. Mike Parker with John Warren following Jonathan Smith. Coach Smith sharing his thoughts about the Beavers in Arizona. About uh, the, We didn't talk about the logistics of the trip, which are a little bit different in that the Beavers will stay an extra night in Tucson and then charter back on Sunday, which will get us back just in time for the beginnings of a basketball doubleheader, which uh, Sarah Elcano will talk to us about, amongst other things, after we took a break from our sessions with Sarah last week on bye week. Sarah Elcano in her 13th year at Oregon State, Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Operations. So John is now checking the Downward Dog phone line as well as the University Honda text line. And if you have any questions directly, Sarah has a headset on and thus can hear you. And we'll be happy to hear from you if you have any questions or comments for Sarah about uh, the next home game or any experiences thus far at home games or anything else you want to bounce off of her. Four nine seven five three five six. There's a the, there's a few in here on the downward dog on the university on the text line the downward dog phone line five four one four nine seven fifty three fifty six. Sarah, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing well. Did you enjoy having a bye? I loved it. Yeah. I don't think it's for me to get rested, but but I did. I got out, hiked a little bit with the dog. It was great. Nice. And did you, like Jonathan, find yourself watching some college football though, just as a fan over the weekend? Well, I always watch as a fan. Yeah. I'm not I don't judge the schemes too much yeah. like he does. <laughs> not um, as a coach. Yeah. No, not so much. But yeah, we always have games going on. We got the kids running around, but the games are always on. And if they're good in the fourth, then I, I tell them to be quiet. Okay, well, <laughs> since the hot topic of the day is this Arizona State at Washington and the picking up of the call and the non pass interference call has led to we've received several calls, texts to the effect that see. You know, the powers that be in the world want to make sure they get Washington on through. So whatever they can do to kind of help that along, however blatant, however subtle, 
calls for the underdog are going to be more difficult to get late in games. All of us, to a certain extent, I think, kind of assent to that or subscribe to that, that it's harder for Arizona State in Seattle or Oregon State in Seattle than the home team itself in those kinds of situations on the controversial calls. If that's true, that's a big, big thing in our universe and our world. But we all kind of think it's true. Where do you come in on stuff like that? I'm curious, given the landscape, who would be behind the scenes right now trying to orchestrate that? Normally, I am all for a good conspiracy. <laughs> I, I love conspiracies. Yeah. But I, yeah, just given the overall landscape right now, I'm not. I'm not sure that well, one. Well, see, adds and up. that's the question I, I that, that I too, have. Yeah. That's the question that I had that I've asked our our texters and emailers and other people. So, how does it work? <laughs> What's the chain of command? Well, George who's is still the, in who's charge. Who's the Oz? Who's pulling? Who's the wizard behind the yeah. curtain? I mean, how how's it all happening? That's your kind of. Are you saying that in a different kind of way? That's what your question would be on that. I would love to believe that none of this ever exists in any sport anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then you see, you know, right? There's there's the documentary about the NBA officiating officiating right. from a while back, and mm -hmm. you're like, my gosh, what if it happened everywhere? Mm -hmm. But you know, that's all. There's no proof of any of this. So it's more, you know, I think sometimes, and I've, I'm absolutely guilty of it, right? You get <laughs> you get passion of it, passionate, and you're like, this must be a conspiracy. Did you watch the Arizona State at Washington finish? Absolutely. So yep. were you like every caller we've had and texter and others say the non it, that they pick up the flag was in that sense kind of feeds this whole idea that was suspicious in nature. Why do you pick it up when it appeared to be the right call from from the get go? I was unhappy. I grew up on the border between Oregon and Washington in the 90s. So the Huskies were pretty good at the time. Um, and the friends from across the Columbia River were Husky fans. And I was in Oregon, root, rooting for the Oregon teams. Um, didn't work at Oregon State yet. I have an uncle who played at Oregon. So cheered for, for Beavs, then Ducks, and never Huskies. So, of course, I was, I played right into the conspiracy on this one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Harkening back way, to my childhood. Yes. I, I appreciate and respect that. By the way, who, I've never known this until this very moment, you had an uncle that played football at Oregon? I did. Who? Henry Parks. What years, roughly? Oh, gosh. Put me on the spot. Yeah, Mid-70s. 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 Hmm. Okay. Are, is he still, I mean, do you still converse with him on occasion? Uncle I do. Henry? I think he's still in the record books for longest punt. Okay. He will say that he played on some, some pretty poor teams. Well, he did. And he got a lot of opportunities to, <laughs> to punt. punt. Yeah, right. And it was great for him. Unlike yeah. Josh Green. Uh, the That's less right. we see of Josh, who does a nice job when asked, but the less we see of him, the better. There was one year USC in a national championship season had the country's best putter in terms of distance and average, but he didn't make the statistical rankings because <laughs> they punted with Matt Leinart and Reggie yeah. Bush. They were too and good. It's just like, he'd go games without punting. <laughs> Unbelievable. That'd, that'd be a great problem to have. There was Henry, Hen, Uncle Henry was Uncle called Henry. upon often. Yeah, he, if he was in the mid-70s, he might have played for a team that lost to San Jose State at Autzen, five to nothing. I'll make sure and bring that up yeah. now. Were yeah. you in the five nothing mm -hmm. game? President William Boyd, is, I'd, rather, I'd rather submit myself to a whipping in a public square than watch another game like that. <laughs> the president of the University of Oregon back oh, in the gosh. day. Imagine that now with social yeah, media. Yeah. yeah, Sarah, it's good to see you. Uh, so before we get to him, we do have some some 
texts and questions for you. And if anybody wants to call Sarah directly, she has a headset on and can hear you. 541-497-5356 on the Downward Dog phone line. Anything right from the top you want to convey before we get down into the minutia and then some of the details that our texters and callers and listeners might have. Let's go non-football for a second. So October 29th, we have the basketball doubleheader. So the women at 1.30, men at 5 o'clock. Both are not ticketed events. So we decided to make them wide open to the public this year. And in between, we put our trick-or-treat at Gill event. And so student-athletes, every team has kind of a station, a table. They dress up in costumes sponsored by Safeway, who generously donates thousands and thousands of pieces of candy. And expecting this to be huge this year between both of the basketball games and on the 29th instead of the 31st. So you're not competing against every other trick-or-treat, trunk-or-treat event. Mm -hmm. So a great day for for families, and we're hoping Gill is, is hopping that day. And that came about just the confluence of date, date, both teams available to play on the same day. Is this an idea you've kicked around in the past or did this, all of the things you just alluded to come together for the right date and time? We both basketballs coincidentally ended up having exhibition games that day. Um, we were planning the trick or treat for the 31st and then thought, wait, why not just move it to the 29th? I don't know if we're helping out parents or hurting parents, because now we might make them trick-or-treat twice as, <laughs> as I'm thinking this through. Um, but in theory, helping it out, because it, it's a good community day, no charge for tickets, right? It, it's truly, you know, you hope you get in some folks you don't necessarily always see in Gil. They just trick-or-treat at the offices? We do it on the concourse around Gill. Yeah. yeah. So some yeah. years when there's no games, we do it right around on the court but they'll start clearing out the court, setting up for the men's basketball game. So we're going to do the, the hallways, I guess. And other like student athletes might help them out, be with the kids. Every single program. Yep. We'll have some student athletes there and be represented. Oh, nice. They'd be costumed. They will be. There's what? a competition between our, the Oregon state teams for which team has the best costume. What about you? Absolutely not. No. Nope. Yeah, supervisory role. Yeah. Can't do that. I am an athletic administrator for Halloween. Exactly. You have to maintain some dignity. Yes. <laughs> so basketball, that's a great opportunity to see both teams with the trick-or-treat event in between. So congratulations on how you guys sort of arrived at that. I think we're going to have Bree on a little bit later yeah. on the Joe Beaver Show just to kind of underscore some of the things you've touched upon, Sarah. Sarah Alcano joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. So that was something right up front. Anything else before we actually get into some questions about uh, the next home game that's still a couple of weeks away with Stanford coming up, but the Beavers go from here to Tucson, then to Colorado, then finally back home on the 11th against the Cardinals. Barry on the line. We'll get to all of that, but we've got callers and texts we'll get to. But anything else on the top of your mind before we dive in? I think just really quickly for Stanford, um, you know, we're, we're getting down to not many tickets left on that one, so I wouldn't wait much longer. We've moved into standing room only tickets for the Washington game, so just whatever's left in SRO is, is all we have left for that one. For Stanford, it is uh, military appreciation. We will have a flyover. And there are um, some tickets available for, for veterans through VetTix. So I wanted to make sure that that information gets out. And we don't know the Stanford game time yet. So does the flyover ever get affected by game time? It can. And I Bree's been coordinating this one. So it, it depends on the type of plane, which then each has their own different requirements for visibility. So we'll see what, what time that one works out to be. Good. All right. You ready? Yes, let's go. 
Question for Sarah, Northeast Valley View section where opposing team fans sit. Need more food drink concessions. Only has Qdoba and lines always too long. This year, there's only one beer concession. Needs two, like previous years. Beer was sold out before halftime. Even UCLA fans were complaining. Ooh, we and must be missing here. a portable location is my guess. Yeah. Because there was no more permanent locations up there. So I'll have to check and see if we, we moved... We didn't eliminate any portables. Um, yeah. So those are the not built-in concession stands, right? We did relocate some based on sales figures. So I can go check historicals and see if the one that was up there sold well. They're usually moved if they're not selling well. Okay, here's another one. Uh, my question is regarding the band and the first down chop. Is there someone who tells the band when they shouldn't play it? If we're doing a hurry-up offense, then it can interfere with our communication and lead to false starts. Even if the band starts it and then stops, the crowd continues. It's not good to have the whole crowd yell in unison when we're at the line of scrimmage. Thanks so much. This is a really challenging one. It is. Because um, we're so appreciative for the band and supportive of what they do. And they have created, you know, as, as the game has sped up, as Coach Smith has sped up over previous head coaches, they've created an accelerated version of that. And they, they try to start as fast as they can. They play the accelerated version, and, and we're still tight on some of these. So, you know, we might have to, on some of these drives, ask them not to play it. And that is, it really is, you know, it, it's, it's heartbreaking, honestly. that This group, if you don't know band, they're out there for hours every night. I mean, it's just when they're in band camp, that thing's all day long to prepare for the start of the season. And so you hate when over a headset you have to say, hey, band, can you not play it on this drive? And, you know, if it's interfering with our play, of course, that comes first. But it's tough. It's tough to tell those kids, please don't play. Well, and a lot of times, too, it's it's a, a band director or whoever's directing that night and they're up on the, the ladder or whatever, whoever's telling them to play, Sometimes they're just not paying attention. They're, they're not noticing that it's – and I'm talking about all uh, stadiums, not just here. They're just, like, not really in sync with, you know, what, what, okay, and then, oh, no, 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 quiet down, quiet down. And, you know, if they were a little bit more on it going, well, this is a hurry-up offense, then they, they wouldn't have them one, start. One thing we do change when we're in the hurry-up is on a normal first down, um, Brian, our PA announcer, Brian will say – what he says on the first down and then the band goes yeah. when we're in hurry up the band doesn't wait for brian to go so you might hear both at the same time uh. a little choppier but but they just go the other the hard part though i mean and you guys know this right you don't want to play that thing and then come to find out you're six inches short of the first mm -hmm. down and you just played it so you really got to make sure that they're moving that oh, marker yeah. before you start going oh yeah no doubt okay um this next one is 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 uh, given with apologies uh, not wanting to be a broken record or anything, but because of the important piece of art commemorating an important era in OSU football, any word on the Iron Man statue that's missing? Yeah, we've located it. Um, we have located it. So now we're trying to determine what happens next. Um, my understanding is there is no base to that. Um, it was fixed right into the cement when it was poured on the previous old west side. Um, so it yeah, I've got to figure out where would it go, and it needs a base. Do okay. we even know how long that Iron Man statue was up in its previous form before the the completion I think it's of research? Not that long. The time you know, no, because been it because it wouldn't it would have to have been sort of after uh, the wave, you know, the uh, raising of research and expanding uh -huh. of hibernation back twenty years ago. Yeah, so maybe. 18, 19 years worth right. in that spot? Or? It has to be somewhere yeah. around there, okay. yeah. It was, yeah, okay. So it's not something that's been around since 
Parker opened in 1953. No. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't write these. I'm just you know. <laughs> Can the mammoth market get a large caramel popcorn or Cracker Jacks? I guess make Sounds them good. or buy the machine or whatever. I don't know. I will find out. I wonder if we're talking prepackaged. Well, I mean, that's just as good as... Prepackaged is pretty easy to pull off. I, you know, we have that at some other stands, so that would just be now, adding did, it to the mix. Did I hear TJ say there's a caller for uh, Sarah? Oh, yes, Barry there is. Barry? What? Barry and John, let's start with Barry. Barry, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Your question for Sarah. Yeah, good morning, Sarah. I'm wondering if there's any way to stream the basketball games, upcoming basketball games. You know what, Barry, I need to check on that because we, when it is a, when it is a regular season game, 100% we stream everything. Exhibition games are hit or miss based on our staffing levels. I will need to go find out if we are able to stream those this weekend. Okay, second, I have Send one more question. Right and we'll try to have an answer then here on the Joe Bieber yeah, Show. Yeah, you, you have one more question, Barry? Arizona baseball, or can we give John a camera? Say that one more time, you cut out. Is it possible to stream the Arizona baseball on a camera? The first first series of the season. Oh, the first series of uh, against Arizona. No, down, no, at, no, down, down at Arizona. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that you know what? That's done by a national outfit that unfortunately has a paywall. That flow sports. Flow sports and. I mean, that, I'm just answering that from what I know. Go ahead. Correct. And be yeah, we don't have the rights to do that one. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not going to be there. Josh is actually going to be there. He's coming from Texas to do those games. And because he lives okay. in Texas, he'll do the tournament in Arlington, too. Yeah. Thanks, awesome. Barry. Hey, thank you. Okay, uh, TJ, was it John that was the next yeah. caller? Let's go to John and welcome uh, John to the program. Hey, guys. Hi, gal. Hey, uh, real quick question on the wrestling program. With uh, looks to appear at least three, potentially four, all Americans and a, another kid at 173, a national champ. Is there anything you guys are doing to help promote those program that program? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we went our sales cycle for tickets for them is accelerated from what it normally was, and we have doubled and I think now tripled the number of season tickets for that sport. Um, about to crank up it specifically advertising for the Penn State meet. Um, obviously, if you know the sport, obviously. huge opponent. Um, and so we have we have limited inventory in football games in particular, where you have a captive audience who's paying attention that you can promote upcoming events. And we do it kind of based on the calendar. So early on in home games, we're talking about other fall sports and what's coming up. Then we start to tease into those winter sports. So with two remaining two remaining home football games, good opportunities to get that Penn State information out there. Okay, thank you, Sarah. Thanks, John. We'll take a quick break. TJ will take care of it. Sarah, hang on. There may be a couple of other questions lingering or coming in to you. So if you can hang on, we'd appreciate it. We'll come back and wrap things up for this Monday edition of the Joe Bieber Show from the Jack and Jenny Wilborn Media Room in the Valley Football Center with Sarah Elcano joining us, a session with Sarah on a Monday afternoon on the Joe Bieber Show on Joe Radio. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis is all kinds of pizza, 
for all kinds of people. See, it all starts with over 35 fresh toppings to choose from, multiple dough options, multiple crust options, and multiple cheese options, including vegan and dairy-free choices. See, we make all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people every day. Woodstock's Pizza, all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. As a locally owned company for 24 years, the Barbers is excited to support the Beavers and youth athletics throughout the area. Come in and get the works. A full surface experience, including a precise haircut, a relaxing shampoo, scalp massage, and hot leather neck shave. When it comes to men's grooming, nothing beats a true barbershop experience. The Barbers are now doing same-day appointments, so stop by and get yourself ready for game day. Find a location near you at thebarbersonline.com. The Barbers, where guys go for great cuts. Well, it's the weekend. I was just settling in to enjoy a beaver football game when I heard a horrible sound. When are you going to start working on that hardwood floor in the den? We can't use the room until it's done. I would, but I don't have all the equipment. That's no excuse. You can rent a floor sander, a floor nailer, and everything you need at Philomath Rental. And they're open seven days a week, so you can get out there today. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Work smarter, not harder. Philomath Rental. The Hardwood Center has decades of experience in providing specialty hardwood products and services to local woodworkers, contractors, and homeowners. Featuring many species of hardwood lumber, plywood, and locally milled slabs, a wide selection of hardwood flooring, and more. The Hardwood Center's expert staff will help you select the best products for your project. Stop by or call the Hardwood Center on Highway 34 between Albany and Corvallis. The Mid-Valley's one-stop shop for fine hardwood products. Online at thehardwoodcenter.com. Go Beavs! A drip drip down the drain Or a leak you can't explain Fixed right the first time Make the call anytime For 30 plus years With experience on our team Exceptional service Taken to the extreme At Alvin's Plumbing Plumbing's all we do Call 754-8282 Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the holiday season is a special time with special meaning, with a focus on connecting with families and friends. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants, always delivered fresh for any occasion. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, located at 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and hopefully a full game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! 
If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Callers stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. K-E-J-O. Okay, we've got uh, we've got more questions. All right, you ready? Uh, uh, Greg, thank you for the text. By the way, <laughs> we'll dive into it tomorrow, and it and it may take a couple of days to get through it. <laughs> yeah, it's but very it's, thorough. No, seriously, Greg, thank you because I asked. I said, yeah, for those of you who sort of where we started with Sarah and where we start sort of started the day off. If there is such a thing going on out there, conspiracy kind of stuff, and you want the favorite to win, and you want to get your best team that gives you the best shot through into the title game and then into the final four, et cetera, et cetera, then how does that all work? Well, Greg, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but at at some length has gone into kind of how he thinks it might circle down. Before we go to the next question, just to for for absolvement of me. George in Kings Valley says, John, your conspiracy theory won't fly. Did I do a conspiracy theory today? I thought I was just answering to Dave's conspiracy theory. He says they would want to throw it in the favor of the pack, too, because they will never forget. I'm just saying I read it. Oh, I mean, it's yeah, not my oh, yeah, conspiracy yeah, theory. Yeah, exactly. He was reporting on a conspiracy theory that he saw. George disagrees, though, in Kings Valley. Yeah, he does. Beautiful I'll read it, read it later. And, George, this is good. I'll, I'll okay. have to wait, read it we'll later. We'll get it tomorrow, maybe. Okay. And here, I love how this, this text starts. This week's edition of Coffee Gate. For Sarah Elcano, who's Sarah. with us for one more segment. Thank you, Sarah, for hanging around. I think we got to have some sort of question on it each week, and here it right, is. Right, what do you right. got? The stand under Section 113 does not have coffee as an option on the self-ordering board, even though the menu up on the wall shows it available. Aha! Uh-huh. Now it all makes sense. Thank you for the message. There's this more, makes sense. Go ahead. No, that, that ties it together, because I keep getting these couple messages of it's not available at the stand, and uh-huh. then I walk around, and I see that they have coffee, and I see it on the board, but I haven't gone to the self-serve kiosk. So I bet that at every stand I've up. heard this, we just need to add it to the kiosk. Me, what, meaning that it's being advertised, but that someone forgets to put it there? So if the you, kiosk. yeah, if you walked all the way up, it, if it was a stand where you could go to the human at the register, yeah. like a grocery store, right? Yeah. Or you could do it yourself. Yeah. The place where you can do it yourself, based on this message, doesn't have it listed. Is versus that true if you if, ask the uh, human. If says, this is it, we have solved Coffee Gate. The one under 111.112 did not have coffee either. I don't know, 111.112, that makes sense. Same spot, yeah. Uh, we ask at one at the other end, and we're told no coffee. Wondering if Sarah's physically gone to a stand and gotten a cup of just being told that Javo is available. I have gone, but I didn't go to every single stand. So I can, and I can confirm we sold a lot of coffee this last game. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm going to check on this kiosk part. I'm yeah. hopeful that maybe this is an epiphany that's going to solve it all. We, You know, we're looking at, though, maybe adding a stand on the east side main concourse. Uh, maybe not the entire game, but maybe like second half on that is just coffee only. So as you're exiting the game or you want coffee right before you leave, coffee only stand, grab it. Okay, grab it. here's another one that says no hot drinks available, sections 111 through 114. So we're all in the same zone here. Yeah, okay. yeah. 
narrowing it down a little? Yes. Okay. Doug helps. says the Iron Man statue showed up first next to old section nine after a stadium upgrade in 2006. Only a small group of fans would have seen it regularly. And we don't, and we don't need it back. How about a new likeness of vintage Benny? Oh, okay. If someone says they don't need it back. Uh, okay. That's helpful though. 2006 says getting the game on the scoreboard quicker. Yeah, this was from uh, a call earlier. From what did Paul. he say? He Paul said was saying that there are times you have crowd shots within the oh, game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. and then the crowd shot lingers and the game action starts and people looking at the scoreboard to see the game action. See, uh, see the, the snap crowd while the, the ball is being snapped and the, the, yeah. not quickly enough from the crowd shot to the game action was the upshot of yeah. Paul's call and this text. You know, all season, I had not really heard anything in our fan survey on the show emails about quantity of replays on the board or, or stuff like this. We had a different, I usually don't do this, but uh, it's an outside group. We had a different director this last home game. Um, and directing a football game is very different than, than a basketball game, a baseball game, et cetera. And, you know, I think that per, we, they won't, we won't have them the last two games just because our regular one will be there. But I think in that change in personnel, we missed, we had less replays than we normally do and not back to live game action quite as fast as we that, usually that happens. Point. If someone yep. new is doing something with brand new equipment, that uh, absolutely that happens. Um, uh, okay. Also, Oh, no. To Sarah, it's okay if you need to just pull off the Band-Aid. Will the completed sound system be at any game this season? Completed, completed. I See still Cam don't rising? know. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, if you look out the window right now, um, new speakers are being installed on the east side. So a portion of it is here. Now, the outside sound company will, will have to come back again probably multiple times between now and Stanford. Um you know, because you can sync up a portion of a new system to your temporary system, but yeah. we have to make sure it actually sounds good when we do that. I, I don't want to like <laughs> give you a fear you may not have, but did you ever think, boy, if the new system doesn't sound very good, we're in There's trouble. There's no way. There's no way. We're in trouble. I, I've heard that system at other stadiums. It'll be good. Also against UCLA, there were almost no self-scan ticket kiosks, which made entry much slower. Please bring back. We pulled them because there was so much user error with oh. them. Yep. Okay. They are so much that did faster. slow the process down. It actually slowed it down because there was so much user error, um, and then we were having folks get in without actually scanning their ticket. They were thinking they had, but they had not. Can't have that. I think we got them all. There was one that ends with, "and thank you for the vet ticks." Oh, okay. A non-controversy replay should be shown on big board as a season ticket holder. I expect more replays over the word "defense" spinning on the board. So, uh, do you think non non controversy replays should be shown on the big board? Non con, yeah. I mean, the goal is you're showing a replay after almost every single play. Okay. Controversial or not? The controversy, roll them sixty times, and I'll take the email, the yeah. complaint okay. email. Now, for- are you? You'll take the email. Who would that email come from? The conference. Twenty. Part of the conspiracy, Mike. The, yeah. I'm not at liberty to say. Twenty. Oh, oh, I seconds. Bet. Okay. Sarah, thank you. Thank appreciate you guys. it. Sarah, we'll see you. We've got a couple of big games coming. And then back home November 11th. Thanks for taking time for us. We'll see you all tomorrow in the studio on 1240 Joe Radio. KEJO Corvallis. And translator K2290I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.